Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. Do you hope 2021 will be better than 2020? I am sure you are. But which of the two meanings of the word hope are you using? Did you know there were two meanings of the word hope? In this episode, we're going to talk about those two and which one to focus on this year. This is episode 72 of the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast. And I have heard that phrase more in the past few days than I ever have in the past. I sure hope 2021 is better than 2020. And I wonder, which of the two meanings are those people referring to? Because there are two meanings of the word hope. Let me uh, explain it this way. If you're at a restaurant and the waiter delivers his food and says, I'll be back to check on you, and you're eating and you run out of iced tea, you say, I hope the waiter comes back. I need some more iced tea. You have a confident expectation that he will come back and that you will get your iced tea. Or you might say, I hope when the waiter brings us the check that he actually tells us there's no charge for your dinner this evening. It's on the house. The content of each of those statements is centered on the word hope. And as you can tell by the two, one of them has a lot better chance of happening or coming true than the other one. So why is that? They both are valid hopes. They both are hopes. (laughs) It's just that one of them involves trust and the other does not. Because your hope that the waiter will come back by so you can get some more iced tea is based on him saying, I will come back and check on you. The other one has very little to back it up. You can still hope for it, but it has very little substance or something to hang your hat on, if I can use that term. So when you say, I hope 2021 is better than 2020, what's backing up your hope? What are you hanging your hope hat on? Is it an event? Or is it less of an event? (laughs) Is it a promise? Is it based on a person? And is it something that you have confidence in? Something or someone that's credible and reliable, that has demonstrated in the past that they or it can be relied upon. Okay? If you say, I hope my car will get me to the airport, you have a lot more confidence because your car is a 2020 model with a brand new battery and everything's new versus your car is a 1963 Rambler (laughs) that hasn't even been started in 11 years. Your hope is in a car, but which car gives you the most confident expectation. So as you can see, there are two meanings of the word hope, and it's actually based on your trust or confidence in events or people or a person. And what gives you that confidence? How has that event or that person or those people proven themselves to be reliable to you so that you can put your trust in that or them. And that brings up another question, I think. When does hope actually become a promise? When does hope move from a wish to a near reality that you can count on, that you can trust? 
Well, isn't it because of what has been demonstrated in the past? Have they or it earned your trust? And here's something else to think about. Is your hope in an event or a person or people, but is there something that you can do to ensure that that hope does become a reality? Is there anything you can do about it? That adds a certain element, doesn't it, (laughs) Of, of ensuring that your hope does come true. So therefore, the best meaning of the word hope is what you want to use, and it's based on the reasons and the evidence of past performances and the credibility that you can put your hope there. And is there anything that you can add to the mix to ensure it's reality, that it comes true? Are those reasons tangible? Can you point to them? Can you write them down? Or are they mere words or ideas? Because ultimately what we don't want is to be disappointed, to have our hopes dashed. Yeah, we can hope just for hope's sake, and we can say these things like, oh, I hope it's better here than last year, because that's a cool thing to say. It's kind of like, let's do lunch. It's just something you actually say, but you don't. You don't really want to have lunch with that person. (laughs) But it's a nice thing to say. So I would like to say, let's put our hope in something we can hang our hat on. Something that does give us confident expectation that that hope will come true. Everything else is just a cool, fun thing to say and maybe a waste of time or effort. And I want to say this too. If your hope disappoints you, then you put your hope in the wrong place. Your hope wasn't tied to something and it was disappointing. Did you know that the Bible also gives two meanings of the word hope? And when it really matters... It uses that meaning of confident expectation. It's like, it will happen. This will happen. The Apostle Paul, in his writings in the New Testament, he uses that confident expectation meaning of the word hope when he talks about having hope and the hope that we Christians should have and hang our hat on. So let's talk about a few of those today to kind of solidify in your mind where to place your hope that does give the most confident expectation of that hope coming true. Because if you're like me, we have been burned in the past by placing our hope in people or things or events or politicians who made promises and then those promises didn't come true or events didn't happen the way we thought they would. And like like me, I'm sure you have had enough of being disappointed And we have grown weary of things that gave us hope, but then actually didn't. So I've got four points from Scripture that will be really helpful, I hope, today. First one starts in 1 Thessalonians 5.8, which says that salvation from Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross for us, if we accept it in him, (laughs) salvation is our hope. It's actually foundational to all of our hopes. Because ultimately, no matter what happens, we get to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And how glorious that will be. We've got that going for us. And that is more than a hope. That is a confident expectation. Because if someone is 
willing to allow themselves to be tortured and murdered so that I can spend eternity in heaven? That's saying something, isn't it? We can hang our hat on that. In that passage, Paul says, But let us think soberly about this, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Our salvation is our hope. And it also gives us hope in the other things that Jesus has said, or the other things that God has promised in the Bible. Confident expectation. 100% accuracy is what all of God's promises in the Bible that have come true so far have. And that is something we can hang our hat on. Because God is the same yesterday as he is today, as he is tomorrow. So how accurate he was in fulfilling his promises yesterday, we know he will be today and tomorrow too. And those are both generic promises that apply to everybody or events in the past, and they are specific promises to you and you alone. And you know what some of those are. Now, something else in that passage, that 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 passage, it says that our salvation, which our hope is tied to, is like a helmet. In Ephesians six seventeen, one of the pieces of armor is the helmet of salvation. And the helmet guards our head and our mind. And when our mind is guarded by the truth of salvation and the confident promise that we will spend eternity with Christ, that gives us peace. That helmet covers our head and covers our mind with salvation and protects us from anything that would cause us death for eternity or anything that likewise would be damaging. Arrows, swords, clubs, (laughs) fists, or even words cannot damage us unless we take our helmet off and allow them to. Hope is also illustrated in Hebrews 6, verses 18 through 19, as an anchor for the soul. That passage says, It's impossible for God to lie, so we can trust him. In fact, he can be like a refuge that we can run to. And that gives us encouragement. And from that, we can lay hold of the hope set before us. And that hope we have is an anchor for the soul. It's both sure and steadfast. Because through Jesus, we have a personal relationship with God and can have a conversation with God, just like the high priest alone could do in the Old Testament times. Isn't that cool? Thanks to Jesus, we can talk directly with God. And he cares and loves us so much that when he makes promises, he makes sure that they come true for us. And he doesn't lie. So we can have confidence in him and that and in that communication with God. And there are several passages in Scripture in the New Testament that says that. Because of Jesus, we can talk directly to God and ask him things. And he will do what's best for us. We can trust him. Because let's be honest, sometimes life is just like 
a boat bobbing around on a stormy sea. There's wind, there's waves, and our boat is not steady. <laughs> we can't even stand up very well. <laughs> and things are scary and uncertain. Uncertainty is the norm. <laughs> we don't know where this boat is headed. It may crash into something. <laughs> but what if that boat was at anchor? It's still being blown around and tossed around, but it's at anchor. You know it's going to be okay as soon as that storm subsides. You're going to be right where you're supposed to be. And Hebrews says, God is that anchor, thanks to Jesus and what he has already done for you on the cross. Speaking of Jesus, there's something else that he is doing right now for you, okay? He already did something for you on the cross that gives you hope like an anchor. But there are some things that he is doing right now to give you hope. One of those things is he's sitting right at the right hand of God, talking to God for you. In a sense, he's praying for you. He knows what you're going through, and he is asking God to give you a little grace, give you some help here, get you through this. And whatever you're going through, Jesus is giving God some specific requests that will be helpful to you to help you to get through this and to help you grow and be more like Jesus when you come out the other side. Jesus is praying for you. He prayed for you in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he was executed. Let that sink in for a second. He was praying for you at that time. Can you imagine how awesome his prayers for you are now that he's up in heaven watching you and knows exactly what you're going through, even the specifics? That gives us hope, folks. That gives us hope. You can read about his prayer for you in the Garden of Gethsemane in John 17, verses 20 to 23. And then in Hebrews 6, 19, says the same thing, that he's just like our high priest, able to talk to God on your behalf. Let me read Romans 8.34. This is where it really hits home, because this explains what I've just been saying. Nobody can condemn you anymore because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. And furthermore, he has risen and is at the right hand of God and makes intercession for you. So what is Jesus doing for you? That word intercession, I had to look that up. I had to look that up in the original Greek, which Paul possibly helped by the Holy Spirit to use that word. So that word is the Greek word entunkao, and it means to confer with, to make a deal with, or to ask favors for. So Jesus is making a deal with God and asking favors from God for you. He's taking your prayers and adding to them and making them much more powerful. Doesn't that give you hope? It sure does for me, especially when I just can't find the words to pray very well or I think that didn't sound very good. I know that Jesus is going to clean things up and say, here's what Kevin's trying to say. And can you add to his request and give him a little bit extra? Can you do a favor for him this time? 
Okay, so for a little bit of a recap, when we say we hope 2021 is better than 2020, our hope needs to be tied to something that we can trust and count on, or someone. And specifically, that would be Jesus. Now, I know some of you are probably rolling your eyes right now going, oh, here's some more of this talk that has no substance and I don't even know how to do it. Well, if your hope hasn't been tied to Jesus, how's it been going for you? Has there been any disappointment in what you put your hope in? Give Jesus a try this time. Intently study him and his word and put your trust there and see how it goes for you for this year. Can you do that? Do it for this year and see how it goes. Let the risen Savior Jesus, who is alive today, sitting at the right hand of God, prove to you, prove to you, he can be trusted. And his promises are real and they will come true. Jesus and the promises in his word, the Bible. Remember in John 1, John established that Jesus is the Word of God. And believe me, there are some promises in Scripture that do apply to you. So our hope is tied to Jesus and our salvation. So if you are a true Christian, we win in the end, right? That gives us hope. Your salvation is the proof and the validity of your hope. And wear that like a helmet, and don't let anything penetrate that, okay? Don't anything take that from you. You have that in place, it is sure. Your eternity with Christ is sealed, sealed in blood on a cross a couple thousand years ago. You can count on that. Why can you count on that? Because in Old Testament times, whenever God made a promise or a covenant, it was always sealed with blood in some way. That's what happened on the cross. His covenant and his promises of your salvation, of living eternally with him, is sealed, irrevocable. That gives us hope. And hope is tied to Jesus, is an anchor for our soul. We may get tossed around a bit this year, but we're always tied to Jesus. His promises which he proved to us on the cross. Next, remember that Jesus is sitting right next to God right now, praying for you. He sees what you're going through. He's gone through most of it himself, too. He knows what it's like. And so he can give even better and more specific prayers to God than you can. That gives us hope also. So let me wrap this up by going back to that 1 Thessalonians 5.8 passage, which says that, We're to think soberly, okay? Don't let worldly things bombard us and and sway us. Don't let outside circumstances affect us. We keep our focus on Jesus and reading his word. And remember, Paul said, to put these on like the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So there are Paul's three favorite things, faith, hope, and love. And they are all three a little bit different, but they're all tied together. And in our next episode, we're going to talk more about faith and how to grow that so that that'll help you have more hope this year. 
Okay, so now that we know that there is a hope that is going to happen, it is something you can count on, and that hope is tied to Jesus Christ. And next time we're going to talk about how can faith elevate that, ensure that, and give us confidence. So we do have time for TFL. So today's tip for life kind of ties in with having hope that this year will be better. So let me say this. When something comes up that is very scary, very troublesome, even if it's a brief thing like turbulence when you're riding in an airplane, don't say, oh, no. Say, oh, well, this will be interesting. You see, it's all about your attitude and how you respond to something. If you respond negatively, like this is going to be bad, it probably will be. But if you respond sometimes positively, it probably will be positive. And did you know that that feeling of scare and fear is the same feeling of excitement? It's the same endorphins or whatever that term is. It's the same thing. So why not turn fear and anxieties into anticipation and excitement? Can you give it a try? So when there's turbulence on the plane and the pilot gets on and says, folks, get back to your seat quick and fasten your seatbelt. Don't say, oh, no, we're going to crash. Say, well, this will be interesting. Because you trust God who has allowed everything to come to you for your own good and or for his glory. That means you're in his hands, okay? So if you can picture yourself as like a little Lego guy that you can wrap your hand around, things may come at that hand, but the fingers block anything getting into that little Lego figure. You know, a few things might come through, but they're not bad. That's just where God has you, in his hand, with his fingers wrapped around you. He is blocking the harmful things. There may be a few things come through, but he allows those things to come through. So then respond with, oh, God's in control. This will be interesting. Let's see how he works this out and how I can glorify him through that. And remember this, God always works in seasons Throughout Scripture, he talks about the seasons of things. So if you're going to go through a rough season this year, it will end, and there will be another new season. Springtime always comes. The sunshine always comes back out, (laughs) okay? That season will end, and there will be a new season coming. Hopefully it's a good one. And I'm thinking this is going to be a good season, a good season to glorify God in and to be thankful to Him for things in it. And for us to be molded by God to be more like Jesus. Well, it will sure be interesting, won't it? (laughs) Well, we'll see you next Tuesday, where I will give some specifics on how to grow your faith and trust, which will give you hope. Thanks, folks. See you later. (laughs) 